0: From Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are wrapping up our work through the book Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. We have had the great privilege of having Josh Bales with us again in the studio. Josh, so good to have you here. here. And it is Valentine's Day. Woo-hoo. And, and I know. <laughs> did you get me that card? I, I did. did you, I Jonathan, did. did you bring those sweethearts? Those little, you know, <laughs> little messages on them. <laughs> little messages. So I'm sure it's in the mail. The challenge
2: here is hopefully you've done peacemaking before Valentine's yeah. Day because yeah, was Valentine's Ooh. Day is
3: not the day to do
1: peacemaking.
2: <laughs> you should already have had this in place. um You know, so I'm um, going to
1: say like, something that I think will. I was going to say make the listeners think less of me, but I don't think that's possible. So <laughs> we know you better than you know yourself. Um, Valentine's Day is not a big day in our in our home between my wife and I. This is
2: uh, that's because Valentine's Day happens in our house three hundred sixty. Oh! year.
3: <laughs> so Russ, you and I are in the same position. I was gonna say. It's, it's not. But ours is because our anniversary is just the next week. Okay. So okay. we're just like.
1: We acknowledge it, but I I will admit that we don't get each other cards. We don't get each other presents. Um, nope. But I'm not looking have, down on it. those that do. <laughs> <There laughs> I have it. This is confession. I, I now apparently feel like a Catholic. I just made <laughs> confession. <laughs> well, the confession to all. Well, of think my, of some penance that you need y- to. Yes, yes,
2: yes. yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, the appreciation of one spouse should be taking place all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a. You know, even in marriage counseling, I said, you know, I mean do things together. Don't wait for an event. You know, I mean, you don't need to have a, a a date night. You need to be day you need to be busy with your wife all the time in terms of that appreciation. You you travel together. You know, you go to the store together. You do all these things together. The the whole thing, you know, if you have to have one day of the year to do that. Uh, that's that's kind of a sad situation. <laughs>
1: But it does help our economy, so do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Go we, buy some chocolates. I'm going to just read a little snippet. We're going to deal with overcoming evil with good, the final um, aspect of reconciliation. And and Ken Sandy writes this. He says says, peacemaking does not always go as easily as we would like it to. Although some people will readily make peace, others will be stubborn and defensive and resist our efforts to be reconciled. Sometimes they will become even more antagonistic and find new ways to frustrate or mistreat us. Our natural reaction is to strike back at such people or at least to stop doing anything good to them. As we've seen throughout this book, however, Jesus calls us to take a remarkably different course of action. And that action is to overcome that evil with good. And so we're going to talk about some principles today about interacting with those who have resisted our efforts to make peace. And the first one in that list is to control your tongue. Um, yeah. What's involved with this?
3: Well, James says, you know, the tongue is like. A small spark that can set a whole forest ablaze. And our tongues can build up and our tongues could tear down and the tearing down that they can do could lifelong. And so the greatest temptation that we have to misuse our tongues are when we feel that we're being misused or we're being harmed or out of pride we just want to win an argument and we need to, by God's grace, have a control on our tongue.
0: Remember it was words that destroyed the world, right. I mean it was Satan's words as an instrument that that brought sin into the world through Adam and Eve, through his lying, through his uh, manipulating and so if, if we're going to use our tongue in a in a way that is ungodly,'re we're, we're bringing destruction back into the situation
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean we're, we can be tempted to I mean this could be especially true for those that, of you that have been gifted with a quick wit. It's a wonderful gift, but it can also be a deadly tool. Words come too quickly. And so then you can use some harmful words, some reckless words, some hurtful words, because you're just reacting. Um, and so you, you have to control your tongue. Temptation can be when you're involved in a conflict to begin yeah. to gossip and slander.
3: And on the other side of the coin to encourage us and the blessing that the tongue can be, it can build up. And you know, to your point, Josh, you know the world was destroyed through word, but it was also the whole universe was created by the word Amen. and God speaking into nothing and making all things. Amen.
1: We often talk in our home, this is not us. We borrow this from somebody else, but when we talk about the words that we use, we we try to use the lens is what I'm saying. True is what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Kind is what I'm saying. Necessary. Yeah. And all three have to be true. Yeah. And if all you can't tick all the, the boxes, Then, then what you say, what you're going to say, shouldn't be said.
0: Can Mm -hmm. I maybe bring in a a biblical example of overcoming evil with good? So, Shimei, when David Mm -hmm. was fleeing um, uh, from Absalom, Shimei was one of Saul's descendants, and he was cursing David and throwing rocks at him and dirt at him, and "You man of blood, you man of blood." And I think David, the way that David responded to Shimei, is exactly what we're talking about. He overcame evil with good. I, I was reading Joel Beakey's book last night, Pastors and Their Critics. I woke up like at two o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep, just struggling through some ministerial issues.
1: I'm going to tell Beakey that you use his books to try to get back to sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he pointed out what David did, and I think it falls in, in line with this because he David did control his tongue. And what David did was, the first thing that he did, he he entrusted himself to the Lord. Abishai wanted to go kill Shimei, and David said uh, in 2 Samuel 16.10, Let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. Now, David didn't believe that that God was the author of evil, but he believed that that God appointed this. And so, David was entrusting himself to the Lord, and that was like how he overcame evil with good, how he controlled his tongue. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The second part of overcoming evil with good is to seek godly advisors. The reality is that even if you, it's a book at three o'clock in the morning,
2: yes. even if it's yes. A, yes. 3 o'clock in it, the morning, yes. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've said that I I come here, well. Uh, and I, uh, the first thing that I asked you guys this morning was like, "How do you deal with such and such?" Mm-hmm. Because like I, I, my, my well has run dry here. <laughs> oh my, oh my. I would and, never. Uh, <laughs> and I, use that. I need other pastor brothers and other mm-hmm. godly men to be able to say, "Well, here, here's how you should think about it." That's so critical, so yeah. vital. Uh, Russ had
2: presented earlier that we were. Part of a federation together, uh, we go gather together. We'll be doing that in March. You know, other pastors in the Pacific Northwest, and that's a that's a place where we oftentimes go mm-hmm. to get advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, that's one of the things that takes place at this classist meeting that we go to. We we seek the advice of other churches, and and we're encouraged to seek the advice of those uh churches close to us you know so even even before we you know this happens twice a year but even before that you know we have visitors come in we have uh when i say visitors we have church visitors come visiting the churches offering advice uh, uh also you know we'll reach across town or uh, you know across the county lines to other churches to ask them help in difficult situations yeah, you know, uh,
3: I still meet with my um, my mentor, you know, he passed pastor back, and well, he's no longer at my home church, but, you know, we still talk once a week, yeah. and there are countless times where I'm, you know, I'm asking him about different ministerial things and things like that, and he's giving me counsel, and so yeah it's, it's we, we need other voices in our head
2: my, my former associate pastor, you know just this month, I've answered three emails on three different subjects dealing with what do you do, or mm-hmm. uh, can you uh, recommend uh, those the, so these are things that we need to be aware that we need that too. Yeah. I mean, I need that, N- you know not the very one that's asking me for advice is often the one that I'm turning to for advice
1: right. We get wisdom from God and we get wisdom from the experience of others that God has given to others as they've walked the same road that we might be walking. And so it's not weakness to turn to other people. That's that's actually wisdom. Mm -hmm. And wisdom wisdom helps you seek the best advice, not simply the one that agrees with you. That's right. (laughs) Right. The third part of overcoming evil with good is he says, keep doing what is right. And that's one of those that is is self-explanatory But it's not always self-evident in the moment.
0: Well, people get paralyzed. I'm suffering right now, and so I'm just going to kind of turn off. I'm going to coast. And then Peter says, which is a book on suffering, therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So you're in a tough season right now. You're not in relational harmony with a person X, Y, or Z. Don't start coasting. Like, continue to obey God in those areas where He uh, has um, spoken.
1: The end of uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.
2: So, along with that, another scripture passage, you know, about uh, doing what is right, uh, Romans twelve nineteen through 21 says, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God for his written vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but
1: overcome evil with good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, those that passage actually brings us into kind of the last two in this list. The first is recognize your limits. Do you want to just make a, anybody want to make a quick comment about that? You
0: don't know all things. Hmm. Uh, David with Shimei too, he said, perhaps the Lord will look on Shimei's curse and he will repay him. David is basically saying, I don't know how this is going to end, but the Lord does. And, and you're, you're right back to making that, that creature, creator distinction. He is God. I am not. I will trust my soul to him.
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to leave it. You've you've done as much as you can, and the other person is not moving. And you have to say, "I'm leaving this in in, in God's hands. Vengeance is not mine. I'm mm-hmm. going to leave it to God to 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 work." And, and just say, "I've done what I can. I there's no I can't go any further than what I have done."
3: And uh, you know Paul's instruction to you know homes in the early church and that apply today is you know there might be um, an unbelieving family where one of the spouses becomes a believer. And the teaching there is, well, you you don't divorce each other. In that instance, uh, the believing spouse is to follow Christ, be as the best spouse that they can be, and uh, in God's grace, you know, their testimony would be used by him to influence their spouse to also believe.
1: And then last, he will say, use the ultimate weapon. What is that ultimate weapon? These are your notes. The (laughs) ultimate (laughs) weapon Um, for him is is deliberate Focused love, mm-hmm. um, love your enemy. Love your enemy. Yep. Um, it is. It is that if your
2: enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you actually are are replacing what would be evil with what is good. Uh, you are overcoming that. Yeah. That's the ultimate weapon. Yeah. Is is always be always be doing always in one sense. You've come to Scripture, and you understand what God would do.
0: And love is not a feeling
3: here. Mm -hmm. Love is a deliberate choice to obey God for that other person. And again, it's following Christ. God deliberately loved his enemies and brought us to himself.
1: You've been listening to The Gospel for Life. Hopefully you've benefited from our time in Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. And we'll see you next time.